Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Guys, we've been going through a series on psalms, and we have a very special visitor today who's going to lead us through this psalm. We've got Pastor Ivor Robinson with us. Um, Pastor Robinson has planted a church just near here called Moon Tower that focuses on reaching out to college students. Um, And we at The Vine have partnered with a few churches in the area that have like a like-minded vision with us that we can kind of do things together. And Moon Tower is one of those. They've been a blessing to us and a blessing to students. They meet at Baptist Student Ministries. Um, And Ivor graduated from Fuller, and she spent her years in college playing softball at OU. Is Is this true? (laughs) That's amazing. We are so happy to have you here today. If you guys could give Ivor a big warm welcome. Thank you so much for having me here today. Um, it's always a blessing just, you know, anytime I can share the word and share my heart because that's really uh, what it is for me. It's a time where um, I can just share all that God has done in me and through me and just um, be vulnerable and um, just let God do what he does. And so um, thank you for the great introduction. I am Ivor Robinson. I'm the lead pastor of Moon Tower Church. And um, I came here in the fall and y'all prayed for us and blessed us, and I got to tell a little bit about who Moon Tower is, but if you weren't here, then I'm going to tell you a little bit about us. So we are just right down the street on San Antonio Street. We're in the Moon Tower Apartments, and so we're located on the the first floor of the apartment building, and we're mostly college students, young adults, and um, we're really just like a group of people who are just trying to figure it out together um, and do it in a safe space where you don't have to code switch or take off who you are, but you can just come in and walk in like with all the stuff that you have going on be completely who you are and know that like you can experience the extravagant love and forgiveness of Jesus and um, that's for everyone and not just a certain group of people and so um, we want at Moon Tower just to have the space where you can doubt and ask questions and do it in a way that's free of judgment and um, we've gotten into some interesting conversations <laughs> doing that. I'm like, Lord, am I equipped to, like, even be answering these questions? And, like, it's, it's gotten really wild where you like, you know, but that's, that's just um, something I love about us is that we do have that, that safety and security just to say, like, I'm not sure about this. Um, and, and we can ask each other. And so, um, like I said, I just feel super blessed to have this appointment and, be at Moon Tower, and so I'm kind of closing in on two years of uh, being here and being in Austin, and so before I was living in Austin, I was in Houston, um, which is not very far, but um, me and my husband and my two-year-old, we moved here, and it was really difficult for me, and I'd moved away before, like I went to OU, I coached college softball for a few years, and then um, I was like, all right, I'm ready to be home, and so when I moved back to Houston, I thought, like, this is, this is it, and uh, Clearly, God had other plans because here I am in Austin. And so that move was kind of difficult for me because uh, I'm really close to my mom, really close to my sister. And so this wasn't something that um, I took lightly at all. It was just, it was a really um, heavy decision that I went back and forth on. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And then God was like, yes, yes, you are. (laughs) Um, And knowing that I wanted to be um, in, in the care of his his love and his forgiveness and all of these things. I just wanted to be obedient um, to that calling. And so my mom, my sister, my family, they'll come visit me here in Austin. And so recently they had come to visit. 
And we were uh, going to dinner, and I invited one of my friends. And so we were sitting around the dinner table, and we were talking about our similar um, life experiences. And this led us to this really deep conversation about some of the things that we had been through. And so it was just like this really sweet time that we had together. They were meeting one of my new friends here in Austin. And so um, as we were on the way home, I was like reflecting on the time that we had around the dinner table. And we started talking about songs. And uh, there was a song on the radio. And we started talking about songs that got us through like really hard times. And um, unfortunately, last year I went through a divorce. And so that was just one of the most difficult times that, you know, I've been through in my life. And it was um, one of the moments where I was feeling pretty hopeless. Um, it wasn't planned, obviously. And uh, we had just moved to Austin. I was in the beginning stages of planning Moon Tower. And it just seemed like not even just in the divorce, but in all the other things of planting and being a black female pastor and doing all of this in Austin, all these different things. And uh, it just felt like one thing after another, after another, after another. And I was feeling just wrapped up in this guilt and wrapped up in the shame of like, okay, am I enough? Like, do I check enough boxes? Like, yes, I've gone to Fuller and yes, I've done these different things, but um, I'm not a male. <laughs> like, I'm not married. Like, there's like all these different things and I'm like, all right, like, am I enough? And so um, luckily I had people who spoke so much life into me and just love me so well through this. And like, this was like my picture of the church. And so as we were in the car, we're talking about these songs that got us through hard things. And my song, um, I played it on, on repeat. It's called Design. And the words of the song is just like, it just repeats the same words over and over again. It's just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Your name fills the room. And it was like this agonizing heart's cry for me. You know, when you're just in this really low place and the song just hits you and you're just crying out to Jesus. And so every word that I sang, it was literally from every single bone of my body, just calling out the name of Jesus, praying that his love, his goodness, his mercy, his protection, his faithfulness, and most of all, his presence would just like wrap me in his loving arms. And that was my prayer, and that's what I meant when I was singing the word Jesus. And then the next part of this song was just wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. And I just sung matchless and matchless, and I wrote it and I journaled it and matchless over and over again. And the pain that I was feeling, it was just so intense, but I was just crying out, and I was pulling all the hope that I could and thinking of all the ways that God has just been matchless in my life. Like there's nothing that can compare to him, not even the heartbreak or the heartache that I was feeling. And so for a couple of months, I listened to this 12-minute song on repeat, journaling it, crying through it, and um, just waiting and waiting and waiting for the pain to subside. And so um, I was telling my mom and my sister about this song that got me through like the thick of the divorce and this was, this is like now a year later and I'm like, um, I can't remember this, the words to the song. <laughs> I was like, I, I listened to the song but I was like, couldn't remember. I could not remember the words to the song in that moment. All that time I spent cry, praying and crying and reciting these words um, through one of the most like emotionally intense moments in my life and months later like I couldn't remember the words. And I thought, hmm, like grief is so funny 
in the way that it works. One day you wake up and you're just on the other side of the intense pain and sadness that you once felt and the hopelessness that you felt in that moment, it kind of feels so small. Like it feels small, but you, you know, you still feel the intensity. Like you feel the intensity and, and the, all the things that you persevered through and everything that you had to go through to that point. Um, because not only does grief come in waves, but so does just the intense emotions of dealing with the day-to-day. And some of us are in the thick of that wondering, where is the hope? Is there really hope in the waiting? waiting for your breakthrough, waiting for things to get better, waiting for the good doctor's report, waiting for your spouse to see you, waiting for this nation to heal, and waiting, and waiting, and waiting, and you're asking, where is the hope? And for me, this season has just been one of just truly praying and lamenting. And this particular song has like helped me um, to keep holding on to hope even when I feel weary, you know, the weariness and the waiting and the exhaustion and hearing the news of another mass shooting. And seeing and experiencing these injustices all around you. And this psalm, it's been meditating in my heart for a couple of months now, and it really speaks to me about the moments where we find ourselves in this predicament of needing this divine grace and divine intervention and divine hope in our individual worlds, and just the world around us. So this psalm is written in the form of an individual prayer. It's meant to be sung in community, and I believe that through this intense time and sometimes the feelings of intense sadness, God is calling us to be in community and to be one. And so, like, how do we as a church, uh, you know, have hope and sift through all the noise and find a way to merge individuals together to become one body and one faith community. And for me, that's part of the reason why I'm here today, because we are a part of a network of churches that are like-minded and wanting to serve people, wanting to love people well, wanting people to know that there's no barriers to experiencing the love of Christ. And so we have hope in the one who sent us, in the one who hears our petitions So we're going to be breaking down Psalm 130, which was read earlier, and this song opens up with this petition to be heard, and it says in verse 1, out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. And so this just beginning part is where you come to the Lord as your authentic self because he sees you, he knows you, and he knows you in all that you are in in here. He knows your innermost thought and your innermost being, but like the Amazing and incredible thing that never, like, escapes me is that he still calls you his. Through all of that, he still calls you his. And he looks at us, and he, he decided to make us unique and in his image. And that's something we should all remember every single day. He looks at us, and he feels that. He believes that. He knows that we are worthy of forgiveness and worthy of grace. And so this beginning petition, is the beginning of this position is stating our need for God and only what he can provide. And so the prayer continues in verse 2 and says, Lord, hear my voice. Let your, attentive, let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. So has anybody been in that place where you just need to be heard? <laughs> the place where you need to know that what you're going through matters. That someone sees you and truly cares for you. Even in the days where you fall short, 
And rather than judgment and condemnation, you're being offered mercy. And verse 3 says, if you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who? Who could stand? And this part brings me back to Micah 7, 18, where it says, you will have mercy on us again. You will conquer our sins. You will throw away all our sins into the deepest part of the sea. God does not keep a record of our sins, but instead he chooses to cast them into a sea of forgetfulness, cast them into the depths of the ocean where they sink like stone. So if God is able to do that for us, then certainly we can challenge ourselves to do it for others. And verse 4 says, but with you there is forgiveness so we can, with reverence, serve you. And so here is this demonstration of this powerful assurance of forgiveness. We can be sure that we are forgiven in love despite what anyone tells us. If you love God, then you can serve God, and there are no boundaries placed around you and no question about whether or not you are good enough to receive God's grace because it's not by our works, but it's by the blood of Jesus that we are able to have forgiveness and hope and ultimately serve God. And verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. In the seasons of waiting is where God is able to do what he needs to do in us, the pruning, right? Where we're able to grow and we're able to um, be all that God has called us to be. And so in doing that, we have to make sure that we don't lose hope. Because if there's still breath in your lungs, there's still hope. And if there's, and there's more to do, there's more to do here. So we put all we have, our whole being, every part of us into running towards his promises. I believe if we do that, then God will bless us and he will do what only he can do because if we have faith, then we have to have hope because the word of God will never, ever fail. And six says, I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. I love this analogy that's used here because In the way of waiting for the Lord, the watchmen, they wait for the morning because the watchmen had been on duty all day. They were soldiers. They had been performing these difficult tasks all night. They had worked tirelessly to perform these duties that were asked of them to watch over the people, to watch over their territories. And so they were weary and they were longing for rest. But they knew that there would be relief in the morning light. And so they were eager for the break of day, knowing that they would be discharged from their duty, and they would then find the rest that their hearts desired. I think there's two things that we can learn from this. One is that the morning is always going to come. They knew that although they were weary and they felt weak, that joy would come in the morning. And the second thing is that the reason that they knew the morning would come is because they had seen it happen over and over and over again. So when our faith becomes weak and we become weary, we know that we serve a God who will show up for us time and time again, over and over again. And verse 7 says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. Not partial, not half, not just enough because it's what you're worth, but with full redemption. And full redemption is the liberation from guilt and imprisonment. 
Anyone need God's redemption here today? And eight says, he himself will redeem Israel from all their sin. And so this is a cry out to the covenant here. The covenant is rooted in the hope that we have in God's unfailing and redeeming love. See, the relationship with Israel is up and down. It was up and down to, like, say the very least. And so no matter how many times Israel sinned and made decisions that separated them from God, no matter how many times God was always there with his redeeming love, covering them fully, not only covering them, but restoring them and giving them back everything they lost and more. And so God restores more than we could ever imagine or think. And not one, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. That's what the word says, not one. The word says every one was fulfilled. So ultimately, we can put our hope in the one who forgives and the one who gives us his grace and his mercy, not because we deserve it, but because he calls us his. That's always been like this difficult thing where it's like we, we've been ingrained sometimes as Christians, you know, depending on how you grew up, that you have to come to God as this lowly being, this person who's not enough, this just ragged sinner who just has mud on their face and is not enough, but that's not who God, God cherishes you. God values you. God loves you deeply. And because of all of this, not because we're deserving, but because of, of who he is and who he's made us in his image that we can experience his unfailing love. And so once we tap into that fullness of God and um, that he offers us, even in our sorrows, even in our weariness, he will be able to renew us day to day so that we won't have to worry about tomorrow, but we can find comfort in rest in today. That's really difficult when you get on social media and you see everything that is happening every single day. Like, I have struggled. I have truly struggled these last few months. Just um, everything. The immigrants that passed away, the mass shootings, the, the list could literally go on. Um, and it's heartbreaking and it's devastating. And I believe when we cry out for his mercy, he will redeem us. He will restore us and he will revive us as a community if we just take one step at a time. We can look over to each other and we can put our love in action in the way that Paul describes it in Romans 12. It is that we rejoice with those who rejoice. We mourn with those who mourn. That we walk with one another through hard things and that we celebrate with each other through all of the good things of life. And we do it with authenticity and sincerity free of judgment because his redeeming love is for all. And so even, even when we feel weary, when you feel tired and you feel like you're running on fumes, we can endure and have hope for brighter tomorrows. And we can be like the watchman, waiting on the Lord and waiting on his promises. And while we put our hope in Jesus, we can have faith in knowing that he will give us victory over heartache and heartbreak. I'm a testimony of that. I mean, planning a church through a divorce, like who signs up for that? <laughs> but, but God, but God so graciously and so lovingly appointed me and knew what I needed so that I could go out and I could have, I could be a healthy mother. 
so that my beautiful son, if you met my son, he is just like the, he's first of all so cute because he has these like little dimples and he, he's just like a very cute kid, but um, he's, he's crazy. Like he is so fun and he is so full of life and I think God's grace is just wrapped up in his little body and even though maybe I, you know, wasn't as obedient as I needed to be in the marriage, but God knew the choices I would make, and he still blessed me with this little tiny human that looks at me every day and thinks the world of me. And so I think about all of the hard things that I've had to go through, not even just in this last year or two years, but in, in all, of, all of my life that has led me to this moment. And I would say, like, yes, yes, it was worth it to see my beautiful son. Like, would I have wished it would have been a little easier? Absolutely. But seeing the gift and seeing the goodness and seeing the grace and the things that God has blessed us with, I would say yes, yes to his will, yes to his promises, yes to this life that he has given. That doesn't mean it's easy, not by any means. But I believe we can have victory over the sickness and disease, victory over all things that come to steal, kill and destroy us because we know that one thing is for sure that the morning is going to come the sun is going to rise and we're going to have an opportunity for a new day. And every day that we wake up, we can put our feet on the ground because, and have hope because uh, we're creating new opportunities for the Lord to just show his face. Not for us, but for the Lord to show his face. And so as we close out, I want us to just stay encouraged in the fact that we could put our whole being in waiting in hope. And we can just, I just want us to be reminded of the watchmen, the watchmen who waited for the morning and the people of Israel who God redeemed and restored. Because I know as a people of God, it, you get tired of doing good. You get tired of having these conversations and you start to grow a little weary. But we can be encouraged in the fact that the day will break, the morning will come, and that there will always, always be light. There will always be light and that weeping it may endure for a night, but joy, joy will come in the morning. We can put our hope in a God who will never leave us nor forsake us and a God who promises to give us a future that is filled with hope. We hope you found this message encouraging. If you would like to learn more about the Vine, get connected to our community, or contribute financially to the Vine's ministry, go to our website at thevineaustin.org.